from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement to make. I don't know if you guys are following us on uh, social media or you're following Luke. Yes. On Instagram, but you got to. But you, you gotta, should be. You got to follow Luke at Luke Acre. I'm going to spell that in case you don't know. It's L U K E R C R E E. I thought you. Wait, what? L U K E A C R E E. Yeah, you said R C R E E. You spelled my name wrong, dude. We're like best friends and you spelled it wrong. I the did first not time. spell this is it terrible. wrong. You heard it wrong. <laughs> now I'm starting to not believe these polls. If you spell my name wrong, I'm starting to think <laughs> the polls are fake. I'm now listen, that- I did not put these. Pe- I actually told him, I said, man, you're going to get me in so much trouble. I actually like here. it. I think it I think it creates like a nice, uh, you know, kind of engagement. You know, community. Well, we put freaking a, jerks we put out a there poll that up on Luke's Instagram no. that said, "Vote for your favorite stay paid pals because we are stay paid pals." And I lost on my own Instagram. How do you lose on your own Instagram? And I freaking really lost. It was like seventy-one percent to twenty-nine percent. I'm with Ariel, our producer. In where were we? We were in the hotel, and we're literally about to get on the ele- elevator. Did you Andrew vote for yourself? Or are no, you, I didn't even. You vote can't for vote myself. for your own poll. I don't know if you can't vote for your no. own poll. But See, I, I had the advantage because I voted I didn't for myself. Want, I didn't want to be biased. <laughs> I didn't vote for myself. Here's the thing: I'm getting on the elevator with Ariel, and she's like, "Oh, I just voted for Josh." And I'm looking at her. I'm like, <laughs> "I'm about to buy you guys dinner, and you're voting for Josh." I can't win anything around I can, here. I'm convinced it was everyone around <laughs> here that voted just to troll, just to see your reaction. Oh, uh, I'm a good sport. Sore loser. Good <laughs> hey, sport. Hey, speaking no. of sports, our guest today has yeah, a little bit to do with guest that. Today yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit. But before we do, just a little bit of a teaser there. Before we get into it, uh, I wanted to read this review from Alan ed 11 from Apple Podcast. So he left a review for the for the uh, podcast. I don't know if it's Alan or Alan ed Alan ED 11. He says, five stars, simply amazing information, no fluff, all caps. These guys don't play around. They don't add fluff or ad. They come in prepared with awesome questions. And their Google Ads guy, so I'm not sure if they were talking about Perry Marshall or Sean Everett. We've had a couple different guests on here um, that talked about Google Ads. Was just amazing. I don't leave too many comments because it is so darn hard to leave a review. I love that darn hard. It's so darn hard (laughs) to leave a review on iTunes. But I had to go and leave a review. These guys are the real deal. So thank you, Alan Ed, for that testimonial or that uh, review on iTunes. Where's my... (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you need to get. I'm so bad box. at this sound box. <laughs> yeah, seriously, no. But Alan, go. thank you, man. Yeah, there you go. That's money. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And uh, if you guys, um, he mentioned it was hard to leave a review, so we actually have a video on how to leave a review. We'll include a link to that in the show notes of this podcast as well, so that you can see that. Um, but hey, today we have an amazing guest. His name is David Meltzer. You've had to heard of him. He is the CEO of Sports One Marketing and host of the entrepreneur podcast, The Playbook. He's a top 100 business coach, public speaker, and three-time best-selling author who has been honored by Variety Magazine as Sports Humanitarian of the Year. And he's a recipient of the Ellis Island Medal of Honor 
David, welcome to Stay Paid. Thank you so much for being here. What's going on? <laughs> David, really appreciate you coming on the show. Excited to have you on. If you can just introduce yourself to the audience, maybe some of the people who don't know, you know who you are, just tell them a little bit about your story, how you got into what you did with your sports agency. And then I know you do some stuff. You know, Obviously, I just saw a post with you and Gary Vee, so you're all over. It looks like you do some interviews and stuff like that. So share with the audience kind of who you are and about your journey. Yeah, just real quickly, if possible, I, you know, grew up poor, feel sorry for those people that didn't grow up poor, because I can't teach you what I learned from being poor, and it's one of the most valuable lessons of my life, and my journey's about life lessons, you know, I've had that perspective that life is about lessons, and they'll keep on coming until you learn them, they'll result in pain until you learn them, so if you're having physical, mental, emotional, spiritual pain, you haven't learned your lesson yet, Mm. Uh, for, for me, the lesson I wanted to learn uh, was to be rich. I only reason I wanted to be rich is the only time I wasn't happy. Even as a kid, you know, six kids living in a two-bedroom apartment in Akron, Ohio, only time I wasn't happy was when I would catch my mom crying over financial stress. The car broke down, worried about how she was going to afford school or food or clothes. Um, and so in my mind at five years old when my dad left, I just said, I'm going to be rich, buy my mom a house and a car, and then I'll be happy all the time. Mm. Uh, went on a journey to play professional football, got a scholarship uh, and played football in college. Uh, got ran over my very first play in college by Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare. Wow. <laughs> uh, that just reiterated what my mom always stressed was doctor, lawyer, or failure, uh, <laughs> which my siblings all uh, acquiesced to. They all were great students, summa cum laude at all the Ivy League schools from Harvard, Penn, and Columbia. Wow. Yes, I did say the word Harvard. Everyone I've ever met that went to Harvard said they went to school in Boston or New England. There's actually, the school's called Harvard, and you can tell people you went there. It's really not (laughs) that great anyway. Uh, Moreover, uh, (laughs) we can't be that great if they have me teaching there. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Uh, But I uh, immediately wanted to be a doctor, Realized, like every 18-year-old, in another lesson my brother taught me was to be more interested than interesting. I actually thought I could be a sports doctor without ever being in a hospital because I hated hospitals. And so, right, once again, I went from doctor, lawyer, failure. I went to lawyer. I went to law school. The most clever thing I did about law school, though, was I reverse engineered uh, what law school I went to by how much money I could make. I looked and Mm -hmm. saw who the highest paid graduating lawyers were, and there were oil and gas litigators. And the number one school for those type of lawyers, maritime lawyers, was Tulane University in New Orleans. So smartest thing I did with law schools, I went there. Uh, greatest law school ever. I'd definitely go to that law school over the one up north and um, just really studied hard. I got two job offers, though, one to be an oil and gas litigator, uh, make, you know, deep six, six figures right out of law school, but also got offered a job in the internet, um, to sell legal research online, a sales job with $250,000 comp plan. Wow. I took that job despite the fact my mom told me that the internet was going to be a huge failure and a fad. (laughs) Hey, we're all wrong. Yeah. You know what? It actually is another lesson, right? It's a very valuable lesson. And uh, one in which I tell people all the time, do not, you know, just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. Find people that sit in the situation you want to be in mm. and uh, go ahead and ask those people for advice. That's a great uh, golden nugget. 
That's awesome. Yeah, don't have second grade teachers about the internet, not when it hasn't been created yet. Uh, so, <laughs> or any business. <laughs> You can ask them about how to raise children and educate them. That's fine. Anyway, I uh, I did very well. Um, nine months out of law school, I was a, a millionaire from sales. And I'll get into how I did that. Uh, I know we're getting some sales tips later. Bought my mom a house and a car. Truly reinforced the fact that money buys happiness. I truly believed about happiness and love. Uh, continued my journey to the Silicon Valley where I learned how to raise money, which is one of the most important skill sets any entrepreneur can have. If you want to learn how to sell, know how to raise money. I uh, learned how to do that. Raised over $169 million on Silicon Valley with some of the biggest VCs in the world on Sand Hill Road. By 32, I was CEO of the world's first smartphone, uh, the Windows CE device. They don't even have that anymore, but it was a Samsung manufactured Windows CE device called the PCE phone, world's first convergence device. They didn't call them smartphones back then. They weren't that smart. Um, and that's when I met uh, Lee Steinberg, the most notable sports agent in the world. I was getting uh, fired from Samsung because we could do so much. I wasn't capable of being CEO anymore. And uh, the flip phones and the standard smaller phones were really taking off. It was too early and too big and too expensive for convergence devices or smartphones back in 1999, 2000, 2001. So I went and uh, became CEO of Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment, the most notable sports agency in the world, uh, where I met Warren Moon, the Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. And about 11 years ago, Warren and I, we started Sports One Marketing, um, but then a sponsorship, a boutique sponsorship company that had a goal of making money to help people and have fun. So everything we did has a charitable purpose or cause. That company has evolved uh, into not only marketing and sponsorship, but media. The last three years I've learned through our dear friend Gary V, how to build my own brand to be the most popular middle-aged man on the internet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, Is that the brand? The most popular middle-aged man. Oh, and he's flexing, guys. So you got to check exactly. out the YouTube. I'm not even, I'm not even, I should say, uh, I'm the most popular, uncool middle-aged uncool. man. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Yeah, I started wearing cool clothes. That's what Gary said. He goes, I see what you're trying to do there, man. You started to dress cool at least. Um, anyway, so I uh, really took lessons and took on mentorship, uh, which is a lesson that I've learned through my career to find the people that sit in the situation that you want to be in. Uh, I offered him a value and service to, to Gary when I met him. Uh, they were starting a sports agency, him and his brother, AJ. So I had some leverage at least to, to give help and then traded my help for his help. And I'm still receiving great pieces of advice from him and making them my own and applying mm. them uh, where appropriate. Uh, but through that media and marketing, building my brand, uh, I came up with my life mission. So whether it's through my podcast, The Playbook, or the TV show, Elevator Pitch, or you know the other TV show, Great World's Greatest Motivators that I do, or the movie Beyond the Secret, or all the other speaking, and uh, I think four books, bestsellers, all the different business coaching I do around the world, it's all for one purpose, and a truly very simple purpose. I'm looking to empower a thousand people, to impact a thousand people, to impact a thousand people, to be happy a thousand times a thousands a million a million times a thousands a billion mm. my life mission to have 
extreme impact on this earth by creating a collective consciousness of teaching people how to be happy. I truly believe that people are happy. They're more productive, more accessible, more gracious, and the whole world will change in its abundance. There'll be more than enough of everything for everyone. And ironically, the same way that I made my first million dollars will be the same way that I impact over a billion people. Mm. So I want to dive into kind of the, I guess, tips and almost like I call them structures of how you made your first million. But I want to touch on a point and get your thoughts on this, of this idea of abundance versus scarcity, because I hear this all the time and you see it in people and it's just like fear prevents them from moving forward and they have such a mindset of fear. And I'm curious because you've impacted so many people, like what's your take on this idea of abundance and how do you practice that? in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, there's three worlds in the spectrum of scarcity and abundance. The first is the world of not enough. It's the most scarce world of all. And whether you have anything or $40 million at, you know, home in Newport Beach, I have friends that always live in the world of not enough. And in that world of not enough, there's never enough of anything for anyone. Hyper-competitive, full of fear, anxiety, the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, resentful, all those great feelings of the ego-based consciousness exist in the world of not enough. Then there's a more optimistic world that most people live in, and that's the world of just enough. Mm -hmm. And it's a world that still blends scarcity with abundance. Uh, usually it is a world where people, they don't give, they trade. So even people that are uh, generous will always, like I did in the past, the, before I shifted, um, you know, they only gave to get something back and they expected something back when they gave. And that's a world of, you know, just enough. There's just enough for me. It's still an optimistic world. I used to tell everyone, man, oh, everything, everything always goes well for me. Everything's for me. This great for me. And it's still a blend of scarcity and generosity, but the world that I'm trying to impact, the world I'm trying to educate, the world I'm trying to enlighten and manifest is a world of more than enough. Mm. Uh, an abundant world where there's more than enough of everything for everyone. An abundant world where people are living in truth consciousness and are well aware of when they are separate and fear, superior, anxious. I have five different rules that apply to business as well um, to go ahead and live in the world of more than enough. The first is know your personal experiential giving and receiving values evaluate those four things every day. They're allowed to change every day. They don't need to be balanced every day, but be aware of objectives, personal experiential giving and receiving values or objectives for the day. Two, learn to ask a series of questions to see how you can provide value to every situation and person and thing that you encounter. A series of questions of how you can provide value or service to that, and then secondly, learn a series of questions in which you can effectuate asking for help, which is the most difficult and radically humble thing. Yeah, that I love you that. Uh, you know, and it changed my life. I lost over a hundred million dollars not asking for help, and I, when I learned to practice a series of questions to ask who can help me, how you can help me, what you can do for me, uh, my world changed and created a flow that I never expected. Mm -hmm. The third. Uh, and most essential, especially in sales, being a student of your calendar, you need to study with a lens of productivity, how much value you can provide, a lens of accessibility, how accessible you are to others and how you're accessing what you want in a lens of gratitude, what you're doing every single day. 
you need to be productive, accessible, and gracious in what you're doing in person on the phone via email and media, radio, print, TV, social media. But you also have to study the white space of your calendar. You have to look at activity you get paid for, activity you don't get paid for. There's no such thing as work. You have to use those lenses to find the light, the love, the lessons, and everything that you do. You also have to use and be a student of your calendar to study sleep. Mm. Sleep is the most common common habit that we all share. We spend the most time on that habit every single day together than any other habit on earth, but yet nobody except for a few of us <laughs> study sleep. That's and the productivity, so true. <laughs> productivity, accessibility, and gratitude that comes from sleep. It's not just recovery. You're connected to the biggest source of energy, light, and lessons ever. And when you are sleeping, you are accessing that with less interference or corrosion of the ego than ever. So uh, one of the best pieces of advice I give to people is be a student of your calendar. The fourth thing is to do it now. Uh, doing it now is really simple. Everything in my life, I ask myself, can I do it now? If I can do it now, I'm saving exponential time, at least half as much time, and I'm also exponentially more successful. The definition of being present to me is doing things now, and if I can't do it now, I have a repository, an envelope, a folder, somewhere to put what I can't do now so I can then study it in my calendar at a later date and prioritize it by what's most important first and ignore what's urgent. If something's urgent and only urgent, I'll go ahead and delegate that to somebody else. That's a Roosevelt uh, piece of advice that I got. And then finally and most importantly, the biggest practice I have daily is practice ending fear. So in order to practice ending fear, you have to be aware of fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real in your life. It's an illusion. It's a separation. It's that need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, et cetera, that I talked about previously. If you can practice ending fear so that when you're in fear, ego-based consciousness, your mind, body, soul, they're all on fire. When you're on fire, your mom taught you to stop, drop, and roll. That's what I teach people to do. Stop. Ask yourself, why do I feel that way? And then slow down and roll in the trajectory that you want to be moving in. Do not accelerate in a trajectory that creates resistance, void, shortages, and obstacles. That's what the ego does to us. And so an analogy that I use, if you're going to get on a freeway and all of a sudden you got an ego-based consciousness, you may go south on the five freeway here in California for hundreds and hundreds of miles in ego and wonder why you're so far off of your direction. Where if you do want to stop when you got on the on-ramp, when you felt you were an ego-based consciousness, thought about why you feel that way, corrected it at a higher frequency, turned back around and started traveling in the right direction, here we get progress, acceleration, and growth in our life. In other words, we're more statistically successful and most importantly, more happy. Wow. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Try that, and unpack that. Yeah, one. seriously. Man, I love the acronym like, of fear, though. That is awesome. Fear. What, the acronym for fear. Fear. Um, facts. What was it? Facts appearing real? Or no, what was it again? Oh, yeah, false evidence false appearing False evidence real. appearing real. False yeah, and ego, ego's great, too, because the ego is defined for me. It edges goodness out of your life. It edges gold out of your life. You know, it edges all of those great things out of our life. And if you're going to live an ego, if I could have one invention, uh, I would be a doctor that invented the egoectomy. If I could take out the ego-based consciousness. <laughs> uh, no, and I'll, I'll tell you why. The ego's only, and it's more primitive nature, but yeah. it's literally only purpose is to focus you. Uh, and the problem with focus is that when we're focused, it creates success. 
And so then their people, they disassociate or they're misinformed that they think that fear motivates them. Fear sucks all your soul out. It Mm. sucks all your energy out. But it will hyper-focus you, you know, like a little baby stuck under a car. You'll be so afraid and focused that you'll be able to lift that car up. The thing that people don't think about is you're going to tear every you know disc in your back and ligaments in your arms when you put that car down because our physical being can't even handle the amount of light or power that we have. And fear can focus us, but that's not motivation, mm. right? Inspiration is what I'm looking for. We are always connected to the most powerful source of energy, light and love and lessons. And we're creating an interference with this ego. Even though it allows us to focus, it's sucking our energy. We have enough power just in our pinky to light up all of the city. And you're blocking that with your ego. So I teach people and utilize that in the pragmatic practice of business and sales and other things in order to effectuate value and to manifest what people desire in their lives. Hey, digital marketers, want to know about something surprising you can do to step up your game? It's print. No, print is not dead. Airbnb, a tech company, created a print publication to reach people at newsstands and in magazine aisles. JCPenney discontinued their print catalogs, but then went back to them when their digital-only catalogs weren't driving sales. These companies and so many others know that print is a unique, tangible way to get the attention of customers. Find out more about how you can use print to grow your business by downloading our free ebook, Print Media, Your Secret Marketing Weapon, at ReminderMedia.com slash Print Media. That's ReminderMedia.com slash Print Media. Take action on this today. Well, let's talk about that from like a sales aspect because ego is such a thing that hurts salespeople all the time. And then you talk about fear, like the fear of rejection, right? Constantly with sales, it's you're getting rejected. You're losing in a way more than you're winning. I'm curious, you built, you know, you made a million dollars, right, as you came out of school, right? And then you've built this agency. Can you walk us through kind of your best sales tips you would give to someone that's in sales right now that's trying to build, whether it's a business or, you know, a book of business for themselves? Absolutely. First of all, understand the five to thrive. So it's a step-by-step procedure in person, on the phone, via email or social media, radio, print TV, whatever you're selling through. Number one, the first thing you need to do when you sell is stimulate interest. The way that we stimulate interest is on emotion. Right? You need to, one, have credibility, and two, have an emotional connection. So the number one thing that people confuse in sales is they think that features and benefits or value sells. Not even close. Two things sell, and it's about 80% of the sale is done if you have it. Number one thing that sells overall is credibility. Hmm. That's why the truth consciousness is so important because nothing will make, discredit you more than you being caught in overselling, back-end selling, manipulating, or lying to somebody, right? Everything, once somebody thinks you're an overseller, back-end seller, manipulator, or liar, it doesn't matter what you say next, you can't sell. Because mm. right? they're looking for the overselling, back-end Yeah, it's so true. But if somebody's 100% credible, you could, I, if I was 100% credible, which nobody really is usually. But if I'm 100% credible, I could literally tell you, hey, Luke, send me a million bucks. I'll make it into two million by the end of the week. And I you do would, it. Oh, Abe's 100% credible. What's the <laughs> swift number, brother, right? Yep. Like, what's but 
people ignore credibility. So I'll get on the phone with an entrepreneur pitching me for a couple million dollars and he'll say to me something stupid that then shuts off my entire process of wanting to invest in him because he'll say something like, well, you know, our revenue's up 300% this year. <laughs> and you're like, first of all, if you had any money made, you'd be telling me how much money you made, not the percentage. Like, <laughs> yeah, you made went $5 from a dollar last year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you got it, right? But I hear this kind of all the time and they and over nothing they're losing credibility now the second key component beyond credibility that has the most power is people buy on emotion for logical reasons this is why an investor or a sale people like well i like the guy i trust the guy right those are the two things the basis of sales yep you gotta have trusted like zig ziglar yay what what is he saying he's saying be credible and learn to emotionally attach to someone people buy on emotion for logical reasons right when i bought my porsche i literally right i mean not only did it tell all the girls what my true anatomy was but the real reason (laughs) was right i had an emotional attachment to that sucker but i told my wife the great investment that that Porsche was, right? Logical reasons backing up an emotional decision. Right. And, you know, just not really happening. But you, so you stimulate interest utilizing credibility and emotional attachment. Then you transition that interest with some sort of collateral or statements that give you the reasons, right? The quantitative reasons why you would want to do X, so number one, stimulate interest through credibility and emotional attachment. Two, transition interest through the reasons, quantifiable reasons why you would want to do it. And then you share a vision. You share a vision with the summary of the credibility, emotional attachment, quantitative reasons, and add the impact of it. Right? Notice the interesting thing. When you, trans- when you start by stimulating interest, transitioning interest, and sharing a vision, none of the features or benefits or capabilities are discussed. You don't need to. Right. Right. If you have talked about a credible, if you're cre- credible as all can be, there's emotional attachment and you quantify the reason someone should do it in true quantitative value, not subjective, quantifiable value. Right. So I make, you know, I call the pen value index. If, you know, you two guys want to buy a pen and I grab a big pen and I tell you, hey, you want to buy this pen for a million dollars? And you guys are like, no. And then I'll tell you, look, within a minute, I can guarantee you want to buy it. You're like, what are you talking about? Well, I'll sell you this pen for a million dollars. I'll give you a million dollar loan at 0% interest. I'll guarantee that loan by putting another million dollars in escrow in somebody that you want's account. And at the end of the year, if you can't sell that pen for $2 million, I'll guarantee that if you don't do it, I'll relieve you of your debt and release the other million dollars to you. You're guaranteed to make a million dollars. Can you see any reason why you wouldn't want to buy that pen? No. (laughs) Now, at that point, we're only 20% of the way done. And this is where most people make the biggest mistake. So you stimulate interest, transition interest, and share a vision. Now is the difficult part. Even in my big deal, I still have to manage and develop that vision, even though you verbally agreed, right? Now we get into the meat and bones of it. 80% of it is managing to develop the vision. Now you'll start having some questions. Well, when's the money coming? Can you verify the funds in your account, Dave? Blah, 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 blah. People will get verbal or even a written agreement and not realize they're only 20% of the way done. Mm. They have to manage and develop the vision to provide more value than they promise. That's not over... Um, that's not 
you know, what do they say? Exceeding expectations. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't think people can exceed expectations because people expect so much. But what you can do is give more quantitative value than the person was promised. Hmm. Quantitatively, right? I guarantee you'll make 5%. Boom, you make 6%. That, that's to me not exceeding expectations because the expectations is you're going to make more. But if I guarantee five and I give you six, right? I've quantifiably beaten that. Mm-hmm. I provided more value than I promised, right? More yep. value than you bargained for. Not exceeding expectations because you may expect 10 or 20, right. but you'll be very satisfied if I manage and develop that vision correctly. And if I do that, you two guys will go tell other people you got to do business with Dave Meltzer. He's credible. I like and trust him. And I made more money than he promised me, mm. right? Those are all good things. Yeah. To, and then it, then it thrives. Now I got a business that really takes off, you know, like an Apple where, you know, you got people on the airplane selling for years. You know, I got sold an iPad the first time on an airplane. I got sold off of my rim Blackberry for an, my first iPhone by one of my employees. And I got ear pods sold to me by my kids. None of them made commissions from Apple. But they, but Steve Jobs managed and developed the vision of all those people so that they became or thrived. So that's stimulate, so good. So good. Stim, stimulate interest, transition interest, share a vision, manage and develop that vision, and you will thrive as a salesperson, as a business. Now, let me give you the tip of the day. This is basic stuff. You know, a lot of times I get so far ahead of myself and I'm talking about the conscious subconscious continuum and, you know, I'm going off on that stuff earlier, but this is the stuff that people need to hear. When you are stimulating interest, you're calling someone. Remember only four ways that you can sell in person, on the phone, via email or media. That's it. Okay. And you got to be an expert at it. And if you want to make a difference in the world right now, there's two things you need to do as a salesperson. One, you got to be tough. Toughness is a lost art. Everybody gets their feelings hurt. So if you want to be a great salesperson and set yourself apart, be tough. Dude, Look, I love I, that. <laughs> I only, I'm only one no away from getting what I want. In fact, I started by telling myself, because I got a lot of no's. Um, I used to try to date girls and I get tons of no's. I tell it's myself. So you bought a Porsche, right? No. <laughs> so I bought, thank you. You get it now. And money bought love. So anyway, I, I would literally say to myself, you know, I'm, what if, you know, the girl says no to me. I'm like, what if I'm only 25 no's from getting a yes? So I go around that club, right? And I say to myself, Oh, good. I just got rejected again. I'm closer. Oh, five no's. I get excited. 10 no's, more excited. By the time I got the 20 no's, I was super excited. 24 no's, right? But I really use that philosophy that every no to me was just getting me closer to a yes, not farther away. That's great. And so toughness, though, toughness will be a complete, uh, complete distinguisher of what's going on today with kids because they're not tough on average. Now, two out of in-person, on the phone, via email and media, where you can distinguish yourself the most, look, in-person, you can only reach so many people a day, right? Email, you can reach a lot of people, but it's contextual. It's like text messaging. It, 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 only what carries in the message, there's no intonation, connotation, energy, vibration, frequency, emotional aspect, you know, no acceleration of the voice or strength of the signal, right? All these different things that occur 
occur from your voice do not occur in text or email. And social media is overloaded and everybody's on it. It takes a very long time with quality time, content and consistency to make a difference there. So where do you make a difference in sales today and tomorrow especially? You got to be tough and you got to use the telephone. Mm. Right? I'm serious. The telephone Dude, reaches everybody oh. in the world. Everybody in the goddamn world, the telephone reaches for free, basically. For free. Go hop on a Wi-Fi anywhere. Call China right now at the Starbucks. It's free. Mm. You don't even got to have your, your Verizon hooked up. I'm telling you, people aren't listening to me out there, but if you are tough and you learn how to use the telephone, and here's the cool thing about the telephone. I'll give you the lessons right now to make a difference. When you use a telephone, only two things can happen. Number one, somebody can answer, or two, you leave a message. Okay? So those are only two things that can happen. Somebody doesn't answer and leave a message. You only have one goal. Get the person to call you back. Right. Nothing else. Don't sell. Don't explain. Don't anything that you're doing in the context of that, go ahead and text them. I'll be there in five minutes. Literally, the messages are only used to get somebody to call you back. Unless it's your mother-in-law, then it's used not to get her to call you back. Okay? But no, literally, get people to call you back. Learn statistically what you can say to stimulate someone to call you back. To get That's the only goal. Now, when they do answer, now you take it step by step. First goal, to stimulate interest. Okay? If you stimulate interest, you can cut the, cut the call then and go back and transition interest on the next one. Mm. Right? But you're going to take yourself step by step and transition interest onto share a vision, into managing and develop a vision and thrive. And you have every advantage in the world over all those schmucks that are texting, emailing, and posting videos to sell. Mm. I never sell on a video. So right? I never sell on a video. It literally... It, it is all about toughness in the telephone these days. And 10 years from now, it'll be more about toughness in the telephone than ever. Man, dude, I, like my heart is so warm right now. <laughs> I freaking love you, dude. That's unbelievable. I mean, just for the audiences, like Josh and I have built a $42 million on company <laughs> on the phone. Like we have a, over 100 people right. banging the telephone. Right all day long and he's so freaking right it's like people just are not tough and then they just write but I love it the off. voicemail I mean I love the going into the voicemail because so many people try and get everything out live a two minute message I mean how many and messages you don't even have you got from to, yeah, you don't even listen long. to five seconds of it after have you, you ever bought have you ever bought something on a voicemail no <laughs> here's the other thing listen to this here's what blows my mind 80% of all phone calls aren't answered and yet Almost 90-some percent of the people don't know how to leave a goddamn message. Statistically, you want to set yourself apart? What a strong 80% of the time, just get them to call you back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Man, I could talk to you all freaking day. I, I, we got to ask you the question of, you know, knowing you, obviously, you are someone who is – after success, you want to help other people create success in their life. You know, we love self-development. We're always trying to improve, chase the better version of ourselves. What do you do every single day that drives success for you in your life? As you've looked back, what are the routines that you do? So first of all, I have two routines. That's a big change in my life. So I have a home routine when everything's, when everything's on schedule. Right. That gives me the most efficiency, effectiveness and statistical success of what I'm doing. So I meditate in the morning, 20 minutes, 10 minutes to get ready for the gym. I go one hour to the gym. I come home. I then study again um, from 530 to 630 student in my calendar, 
I study for writing books and research and being more interested and interesting. Then from 6.30 to 7.30, straight family time and getting ready. 7.30 to 8.15 are coaching calls on my way to work. 8.15, I execute on student of the calendar till 4.45. 4.45, I do more coaching calls till 5.15. 5.15 until 7.30 is all family time. 7.30 to 9 o'clock is research time. More family time if I want, being more interested than interesting. 9 o'clock, I put my nine-year-old son to bed. Uh, 9.05 till hopefully 11, if I can stay up that late, is all intimate time one-on-one with my wife. My other routine is when I travel or things aren't normal, people are in town, you know, I'm speaking, whatever it may be, then it goes by my values. So number one, minimum of an hour a day on my health. Because I can't give what I don't have. If I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of others. So mm. minimum of an hour a day on my health, every single day, no matter where I am in the world, I'm leaving for Paris in two hours. I already have scheduled my minimum of one hour a day on my health. Then it's 30 minutes minimum with my wife every day. 30 minutes minimum with my nine-year-old son every day. No questions asked. Nothing else is going to block it. Two minutes a day with my three teenage daughters every single day. I asked for five minutes. They gave me two. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) One minute a day. One minute a day with my mom to tell her four things. This may be the most valuable lesson I can give you uh, because everyone, I'm a mama's boy, but you need to respect your parents. But you want to make your parents happy, you just have to tell them four things. One, let them know every day you're happy. Let them know every day you're healthy. Let them know every day you appreciate them and let them know every day you love them. If you tell a parent that you're healthy, happy, appreciate and love them, you will make their day more than sending them anything else you could ever send them. And so I do that for one minute every day with my mom. Uh, And then I spend one minute catching up with someone in my family or friends that I haven't talked to while they're on speakerphone and I do a minute of push-ups, which is why I keep on showing these suckers <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm one month it's showing, in. man. It's showing. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, it beats taking tea. So hey, David uh, Goggins says all you need to do is push-ups. You don't need anything else. Yeah. That's where I got it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and so, but I think in a higher context to routines, I believe in consistent behavior. Two minutes a day is worth more than two hours on a Saturday. I believe in the zeroing effect. When you don't do something every day, it zeroes out exponential value in your life. I'm a numbers person. I'm a consistent, persistent person. I'm a find the light and enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential. And uh, those are you know really important things to have two different routines and to execute on it every day. Man, that's awesome. That's huge. Two minutes a day. Two minutes a day every day is better than two hours on a Saturday. Yeah. Hashtag that, man. That's freaking cool. David, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Uh, before we let you go, um, tell people where they can find you. I know you had a book that just came out recently, Game Time Decision Making, right there on, on the screen. Those are my books behind me. And uh, But yes, David Meltzer, you can see it right there, how to spell it, uh, at David Meltzer, David Meltzer on YouTube, LinkedIn. My website is my first initial last name, dmeltzer.com. And please reach out. I also, I have a text community. So anyone that wants to text me, you can put this up. 949-298-2905. 949-298-2905. I uh, will always send my book to people. I'll pay for shipping. Like I said, I don't sell anything. I believe in truly making room for what I want by providing value and giving to others. And 
it really works uh, for me. And I appreciate the time, both of you. Man, that's that so is awesome. awesome. Thank you for being here. And thank you so much for listening to dive deeper into this episode and get all of the resources and links that David just mentioned. Head on over to staypaidpodcast.com. You'll also be able to find the video for this show and see those guns yes. that David was showing off just from doing push-ups. David Coggins style. I tried doing um I tried doing a hundred push-ups the other well, I tried doing two hundred, but I got to hundred. Did you actually get through? I got to hundred. Really? Yeah. One one setting or well, so you do it like day. you do it um no, no no one setting. Okay. So you do you do uh ten on the minute every well twenty, start twenty on the on the minute every minute. Wow. And then like once you get down to the point where you can do like one on the minute every minute. And then it's like one every seven minutes. <laughs> Well, you heard what David said. If you do two minutes a day, every day, it's better than two hours on a Saturday. That's true. That's true. I only did that once. But if you're interested in supporting the show, there's two ways we ask you to do that. First is to head on over to iTunes, throw us a five-star rating, leave a comment, and the best way is to tell a friend about this podcast and share on social media. Yes, we are headed do. towards our goal is number one. Marketing we podcast. You. We need you on people. iTunes. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acree, and I'm going to give you your action item. And to me, it's the part that wore my heart. There's two things you need to freaking master. One is you need to get tough. I mean, think, I mean, that was so good. Like, how freaking weak are you right now? Did you make your phone calls this morning? Because the second thing you have to do is you have to make the phone calls. It's funny. I told my brother, Stephen, it's like the one thing I told him you have to do this year is you have to get all of your team on the phone every morning for a couple hours and then come back at the end of the day and be on the phone for another two hours. And it's like if you are willing to do that every single day, you're going to win. Like I mentioned on the podcast, Josh and I have built a $40 million-plus company banging the phones. You just heard it from Dave here on the podcast. So those are two things. Are you tough? And that's going to translate to are you mastering the phone? And when you do that, then go back and listen to this podcast again to do the five for Thrive. Do that as your action item. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry we work in is top producers take action. So take action on that today. 